The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. Several years ago, soon five years ago this March, when I began with World Talk Radio, Voice America, I decided the world will listen. And now I can say the world is listening. I want to thank the bloggers, and I want to thank Voice America, World Talk Radio, and Apple iTunes, and the Green Talk Network Group uh, for giving us the support to get uh, the message out there that is so important. What is going to save your life, your everyday health? Have you lived longer, be healthier, age well, and fight the diseases and the earth to be able to exist for eternity. Bring back the word eternity is water, water, water. But there's another side to this that I've been studying for many years, and I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research Center, the sponsor of this show. The one other part of water that we overlooked in research until we, I became involved and brought the awareness to the world is the humidity, the water in humidity. The moment you were born and you entered into the air you breathe in that delivery room, you didn't have the water around you any longer. You had to live with humidity. Humidity is vital to your everyday organism of life. It's vital to the earth's life of organism, the moisture in the air you cannot see. If that moisture in that air is not suitable enough or polluted or too heavy or causing you personally a problem with your health, there is something there happening called severe dehydration. You need to keep a body water level at all times of hydration. Drinking 8 to 10 glasses of plain water a day with no added ingredient. If you add something to the water, that's heavy. That has to digest. The water needs to digest your fluids your organism of your of your living, your your choices of lifestyle, all by itself as a solvent should. It's a solvent. Once you add something to the water, it changes it. It's like adding something to the water of the humidity. It's causing a heavy weight, and it's called a pollution of the humidity. And humidity today is at a mortality rate. And there's something we need to learn more about the water that we're living with on Earth and that humidity. Did you know that over 5,000 children are dying a day because they don't have any water at all? So the only thing keeping them alive, if they have no water at all, is what humidity they have in the air to keep them going until all of a sudden they can no longer live. 5,000 children a day are dying. Now, are the wars being caused? To save 5,000 innocent children a day and their mothers who love them dearly 
that are t- carrying buckets of water from around from uh, distances to bring a few buckets of water a day for lifestyle and people to live their whole life. Three buckets, uh, maybe a day, or maybe a bucket. Um, and then there's there's those areas of the world that don't have any at all. So what has happened here with our our humanitarian concerns? Are we going backwards? I think we are going backwards, but this show, we're going to go forward. We've had heads of the United Nations on. We've had a Nobel Prize winner on. We've had all kinds of scientists on. We've had no end of subjects to remind us with a specialized background and expertise of how we might be thinking about where we would go from here. What are we going to do to save lives? And live to be healthy. Live to call, bring the word vanity back to your vocabulary. Don't be embarrassed about being vain, how to take care of yourself. That is exciting. And then we, when you do well, you'll be being able to pay it forward to the rest of the world to become vulnerable. They will want to be healthy. They will want to have a healthy attitude and be well. And then that comes nature to taking better care of the planet. If you learn to take better care of yourself first, then you have your ability to take a better care of our planet. Today, I'm very excited about David Gunn, who's going to be with us. As you know, our, our uh, guests are absolutely the most fabulous. I have never known guests that come on to a show from all over the world. We've been in Holland. We've been in Kenya. We've been all over the world with our guests, all through America, learning more about how, what, what is the subject matter, some new ideas, some new education that we can learn from them and their background. So they take time. And they come to join us on this show. David Gann is co-founder of DNY Laboratories, and he holds a bachelor's degree in science. He, uh, he has a UCM, UCM with a postgraduate work in physics. Uh, his topic today is going to be a fun one for all of us on this show, stable water clusters and double Helix, and you'll have to, we'll ask him, my questions, we'll ask him how to explain this to us on the double H-E-L-I-X water. So we're going to learn a lot from David, and we're going to listen to our sponsor first, and we'll be right back with David Gann, and he's going to teach us a lot, all within this hour. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. David, are you with us? Yes. Yes, I am. Thank you. Thank you for taking time. I know how busy you are, and... I was really excited myself. Uh, I've been studying water for oh, over 35 years, and I decided to tackle the humidity with the water also. But tell us your background, and first of all, uh, what you're doing today, and then we'll go back to why you decided to do that. Well, uh, my my background prior to this, Yen, uh, my partner and I, I have a partner in this, a man named Xu Yen Lo. Uh, Xu is a... Um, uh, what's called a theoretical particle physicist. He's a he's a uh, uh, has a lot of his entire background has basically been in uh, national labs. Or he taught for a few years before he and I hooked up together about 15 years ago and started this research. But um, my background is mostly microelectronics. I was uh, I'm I'm really more of an engineer than I am a scientist. Uh, my I always say Yin is the thinker, and I'm, I'm the guy that has to do all the work. <laughs> so, so, uh, but um, we met, uh, Yin and I met in uh, about 95, 1995. Yin had a project at a, at a, a university there in California called Caltech. It's right there in Pasadena. And he had just come from the University of Melbourne. Uh, he was a senior lecturer there for in uh, physics at uh, at Melbourne. Came to uh, Caltech and brought a project with him, which was basically it was a uh, a new form of a particle beam. And uh, he and I met. I was helping engineer some equipment, and we met. And then uh, I just happened to I, I'd come out of some other research, which I was looking for. Uh, a new form of catalyst. A, a catalyst is something that you add to a, uh, a, a chemical process to make it up, to, uh, to make it go faster and speed it up. And I was basically looking for a way to clean up emissions in automobiles. And um, I just stumbled over a crazy effect in a particular water sample that I had uh, that I had found, and. Um, uh, it just made no sense because uh, uh, water doesn't normally have a catalytic action to it, and this one actually did. And so, Yen and I were uh, were friends and, and, and met each other. And uh, I took this uh, sample with me over to see him one day, and then we both got kind of hooked on what was going on with this particular uh, this particular water. And so it started just kind of as a fluke. It didn't, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't start one day say we were going to research water. I had a sample of water. It had a very strange phenomena to it. We began to analyze the water. Uh, I had, had all the facilities there at Caltech, plus we had some really, Yen had some very uh, uh, significant friends there, uh, um, people that were uh, very versed in their in their fields. And so we began to analyze this water, and the more and more we analyzed the water, the more we found it just to be um, distilled water. And it shouldn't have any kind of effect to it. It shouldn't have a catalytic effect to it. So um, that's that's what got us kind of hooked was about 15, 18 years ago. And we uh, 
we just um, uh, distilled got... water usually has uh, re- had another a method of removing almost every bit of life in it. So you were shocked that this was able to have a reaction to your catalytic um, theories. Yeah, exactly. It, it it there was there was something about this particular sample that was very unusual and. Um, so we began to, like I said, we analyzed. It. I mean, we really analyzed. It. We yeah. had, um, <laughs> we did uh, just about every known test you could imagine, and and a lot of, and basically our backgrounds. My background is mostly, like I said, microelectronics, but it's always been in research, and so I was pretty uh, versed on on use of analytical equipment. I I had numerous electron microscopes in my lab, and and. Um, all different. I was pretty versed in in how to look at to find out what was in something, and um, so uh, we kept looking, and uh, we 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 looked at a, a machine that's called a nuclear magnetic resonance. Now, what that is is it's just a big machine. It's kind of a precursor to the one that you have in hospitals now, uh, MNR, I think they call it, or something that where they take an image of the body, but. Prior to that, you had a thing called a nuclear magnetic resonance machine, big, crazy-looking thing in the middle of a room, and you had to be very careful when you walked in the room that your watch you didn't have a watch on or you didn't have any credit cards on or anything like that because it's got such a huge magnetic field that it would just strip everything. And so we looked at it in that fashion, and we found that there there was something strange about this water. We found that, wow, this, this does not uh, look like normal water. And... Um, that was uh, uh, that was like I said about 18 years ago. What occurred was that, thankfully, I had a partner who was uh, unbelievably strong mathematician. Yen, being a, a theoretical particle physicist, their their whole language is math. He began to uh, do nothing but uh, read all the papers he could get his hands on on water, and then at the same time, he began to write a mathematical model. Of trying to predict what was what was different about this water, and um, so he used a man. There was a man in back in the 30s. His name was Dubai, and he he was a he was a famous chemist. He got a Nobel Prize, and he wrote he wrote sort of the all the basic mathematics there is on on uh, something in water, like you want to drop uh, salt or you want to drop something in water, and it's going to dissolve. What happens mathematically? So Dubai had written that those theorems. Um, Yen took those uh, and duplicated them and, and began to uh, use that math to try to predict what we might find in this water. So um, uh, it's kind of a strange beginning. You know, before you go on, <laughs> you can help the listeners think about that because a lot of the listeners are probably wondering, uh, well, you and I both know, but what what is what does math have to do with water? But you can explain to them that in water there's certain living organisms that are in there, and there is a, a, a value to each one of how what mathematically how much of an influence they have there. Can you explain it better? Absolutely. Than I well, not only <laughs> uh, uh, this water would have been pure, so pure that you'd had very few living organisms in it. But what happens is when you you get down and uh, the cleaner the water becomes, uh, you get closer and closer to actually the the structure of the water. The structure is going to be made out of, out of hydrogen, 
uh, two of those, and one of them is going to be oxygen. You get down on the actually into the molecular level of water, you're dealing just with hydrogen and oxygen and how they bond together. Now, as water gets more and more things in it, like bacteria and viruses and, and uh, calcium and magnesium and potassium and all these different things you can find in water, those things um, come in there and want to stick to water because water has a charge to it. It's uh, like I'm a positive and you're a negative and, and we want to touch each other. It has an electrolytic, electrolytic charge. Yeah, well, they, yeah. yeah, exactly. Not uh, and uh, uh, it's what we were what, what we were looking at at the time. Yen said he took Dubai's work. This man Dubai many years ago who had, who had studied what happens if I have ultra clean water and I put some salt in it, for instance. Let's just stay real simple here. I'm going to take some table salt off my counter here. I'm going to put just one tiny drop of salt in the water. What occurs? Well, the, the water separates uh, the sodium and the chloride. That's what table salt is. It's, it's a part sodium and it's a part chloride. As those things come apart, uh, we call them ions, I-O-N-S. When they come apart, one of them will be a positive, a plus, and one of them will be a minus. And that's why they want to stick together because they've got a charge. But the water acts as a wedge and wants to separate them. It says, uh, move over, get over, get over. Yeah, I don't want you so close to that other one. And so it keeps on separating these two particles apart. Dubai, what he had done is he had, uh, he had mathematically, he had studied this to see um, what that relationship is. What's the relationship to water and these ions? And, and mathematically, how does that function. And so he studied it down to about, if you continue to add water, he studied it down to about one part per thousand. So in other words, if I dilute something down to just a thousand times, he, he wrote a mathematical uh, model of, that predicted what, what you would find like in the solutions, if you measure the solutions. If I took a special meter over here and dipped it in this water, it would have a particular number to it. And if I, uh, but if I dipped it in this water over here, which hadn't been diluted as much, it would have a different number. So he calculated all this and, and empirically found them. In other words, by experiment, he, he found what these, what these values were. Well, we knew the sample we were looking at, we couldn't find anything in it. I mean, there, it, we were analyzing it down to where, you know, we knew just about everything it was about this water. And so Yin predicted that what was in this water was something that had been diluted uh, uh, much, much, many more times than a thousand times. So he took a device model and just started calculating, and he calculated it out. And then finally, uh, one morning, uh, he ran into my office and he looked like a mad scientist. <laughs> and he said, "I know it's in the water. I know it's in the water." He's were shaking. I think I know. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what he said. I know it's. In the water. No, he didn't think. He says, "I know it's in the water. I know it's in the water." I said, "What?" Yeah, and he says, "I calculated it." He says, "There's a particle in that water." And I said, what do you mean? And he said, there's a particle. A particle will form, and it will be made of water, but it will, be, it will actually be solid. It will, and it will be this big, and he drew a picture on the wall, and he says it's going to have this charge to it, and it's going to be made up of these little particles, and it's going to, it, will, it will grow these others, and it can get this big. He, he predicted all the sizes that we eventually found. And 
what occurs actually is there's another phase of water. We phases of water we normally think of. I have a glass of water over here and it's liquid, and I have another glass of water over here and it's got some liquid in it, but I've got some ice in it. Well, we know ice is a solid phase of water. Now we know also I can take that water and put it on a stove, and I can turn the heat on and it's going to boil at uh, 212 degrees and we're going to get vapor. Those are the known, you know, the known phases of water. There's another phase of water and it has to do with there is a solid particle which is present in ultra clean water and it is made out of water. <laughs> I know people go, oh, how can that be? Well, we've been photographing it now for, oh, um, we photographed the first one, I think, in 96, and I've, I've got hundreds or possibly thousands of photographs by now. But it's a particle. It's uh, it's about uh, 30 nanometers. Uh, to give you an idea how big a nanometer is, if you take a hair off your head and look at hair, you can see the hair. Uh, that's about 100 microns across, a uh, single, single fiber of hair. So you'd have to cut that hair into 100 pieces. Then you'd have one micron. Now you'd have to divide that hair a thousand that that one slice of one hundredth of a hair you'd have to divide it a thousand more times. Now you've got a nanometer. So these little guys are uh, unbelievably small, and they're um, they're solid. They're it's a uh, it's a solid phase of water, and uh, it it happens because if you dilute something in water many 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 times. Now, you also have to control all of the variables, too. But if you dilute it many, many times, what happens is a particle will form. And um, Now, so, is, that, is that particle forming because of the organism in the water? No, there's no, we, you use the word organism. There's no organism in this water. This water is ultra clean. This ultra is, clean. Uh, there's, no, no, the there's life no life form in this water. No What's happening, water. if... So. Well, well, if I dilute, for instance, let's go back to table salt, and um, we we we're, we well, you you put table salt inside a uh, you know glass of clean water. What happens? The sodium and the chloride come apart because the water gets in between there as acts as a wedge. Now, if I dilute that again, now I just take a tiny bit of that water. Now I put it in a in a, a big another glass of water. Now I've diluted it, you know thousands of times. And I keep on doing that. What's going to happen is the sodium and the chloride are going to get too far apart to touch each other, because in water, even though I'm in, I'm dissolved, I still have a charge. If I'm a plus, you're a minus. Your friends over here are minus, and another person over there is a plus. Everybody's going to try to actually connect. We're going to try to touch each other. Water's going to come and always separate us, because water has a wedge-like action. It's got a, like I said, a big uh, oxygen at the bottom. And and two hydrogens at top, and it acts as a, uh, as a constant uh, uh, wedge, and that's why it's a great solvent. That's why it's a great dissolver. I was going to say to the audience, this is why we know water. There's no better solvent in the world than water. No, no, and that's why also, I mean, water is so vitally important in life because of the, it does a matrix of things inside our bodies. But the 
the one thing he does here with this particular thing is that it, it, it separates that sodium and chloride apart. Now, what happens is as soon as it separates us apart, I'm going to race back toward a, 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 the opposite charge. If I have a plus, I'm racing back towards a, the minus. And I finally get to the minus. I feel great. But now water pushes me, uh, uh, pushes me away. And that continues, but if you continue to dilute, what occurs eventually is when I race across there to find another charge, an opposite charge, I'm going to miss it. Okay, that collision's not going to happen. And when that collision doesn't happen, I just kind of, I'm reaching out for the other particle, and it's not there, and I've got my reach way out, and then finally it collapses back in when it's not found. That charge goes out, and then it comes back in. Now, now I'm talking now, about this, is, but this is all happening in a millisecond. No, this is all happening if it's in the water. The yeah, water. it's all in the water. All so when that pulse that goes out, that about. big pulse goes out, and it finds nothing to collide with, it will collapse inward. Mm-hmm. And when that collapsing inward occurs, that's what that was the morning Yen came in and screamed. Yeah. I know it is because he had calculated how much pressure there is, uh, electrical pressure around that single charge particle when that pulse goes out and comes back in. And he says, you know, it's it's huge. It's like a hundred thousand psi equivalent to a hundred thousand pounds per square inch. And he says, what's going to happen? Water's going to get squeezed. It's going to get squeezed, and we're going to find a new geometry because uh, it's going to squeeze eight water molecules so uh, intensely that uh, uh, something new is going to be born. And he says, it's got to be a particle. And he says, and, and, and quite honestly, that's what occurred. I mean, he drew it out, and we looked at it and scratched our head, and, and about two years later, we photographed it. Okay. Uh, Using a, a very fancy microscope called an atomic force microscope, which is uh, kind of like uh, the Cadillac of all uh, microscopes right now, and um, it's a it's a particle. Now, what happens to the particle? Now, here's we're talking about life forms in, in water that will scare you on this, uh, uh, Sharon. This stuff acts like a life form. It just starts to grow. It grows like it's uh, like it's a. Um... Now, wait a minute. I'm going to back you up for a second uh, mm-hmm. so I can help the audience and me. Uh, when you're saying that that's coming, uh, creating a life form and it's beginning to grow, so something in that life form in the water is beginning to develop into something bigger than well, where it, it looks started. like it, but it's not actually life. You you'll watch it. This stuff grows like bacteria once you get it started, but when you analyze it, it is not a life form. It is a particle. It's growing particle. because of charge. But you're really thinking, and you use the description of a bacteria, but it's not bacteria. No, it's not. Matter of fact, the, the um, bacteria. later on, uh, a, a couple of years after that, and it described in in the book Double Helix Water, is a paper in there that um, I'm still looking for a catalyst. You know, I'm, I haven't given up looking for my catalyst. Uh, I'm, I'm really, we got into, as soon as we found this particle and we started measuring and we saw it had a big charge and we went, wow, we can make a catalyst out of this. And, and so I'm doing work at UCLA with a guy named Salem Senkin, who's a friend and a very nice man. And he was a chair there of the uh, chemical engineering department. And we're doing tests on, uh, to make fuel b- burn better with this particle. And, um, but I, I was taking a photograph one afternoon with an electron microscope, and uh, I noticed that uh, there was a bug on this uh, prepared slide that I'd made. And i looking at the bug because I was just kind of bored, and I went, oh, I'll look at this guy. And, 
And all of a sudden, I noticed he was dead. And then I noticed, wow, these little particles are killing kill this bug. And how they killed him was that they just ruptured the outside membrane. Uh, bugs have kind of a, a protein sac around them, and this sac had been ruptured, and this little guy's uh, guts had all spilled out on the onto the slide. And I went, wow, fascinating. Uh, these things have such a charge to them that they stick to the side of this bug because as this bug moves, he's got these little hair-like uh, 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 structures all over him that he uses to move around. They'll, they'll create a charge, and these particles David, are charged. David, we have so... to take a break for a second, and yeah, you're right got... on. Uh, I've got some really interesting questions on that one, too. We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, and don't you go away, David, because we are listening well. Okay, right here. And you're teaching us. Uh, we're listening to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. David, you were mentioning to us, and we were, you know, I could almost eye as, as, as tensely as I'm listening, and I know the audience is listening. Um, when you mentioned the fact that the, there was a fly or a bug on, on, on your Petri dish, well, it wasn't on a dish. It was when you, you, you uh, electron microscopes looks at very small things, and you prepare right. the slide a certain way. And it's okay, like a time, you know, be think of a microscope slide, but you couldn't even see anything on it with your naked eye. Okay. You're going to look at it by um, uh, electron microscope uses a beam like an old television okay. set, like an old fashioned uh, tube set, and it uses a beam of electrons to uh, illuminate, really, the sample you're looking at. So you have to prepare the sample a certain way, and uh, it's a kind of long, arduous process. But I, I normally wasn't looking at it. I was looking at these things we call stable water clusters. But all of a sudden, I, I, I noticed a bug on there. I went, well, and like I said, I, he, he looked interesting, so I was looking at him. But I noticed he had been uh, basically killed by this these water particles. So I... I took that photograph. Then all of a sudden you were thinking there is an electrolytic. 
Well, I didn't know exactly what it was. It made sense to me because I had worked with the water for about a year or so, maybe more by that time, and I noticed she couldn't grow bugs in it. It would stay sterile. And so I was fascinated by it. And um, I showed the photograph to uh, that person I was working with at at UCLA, uh, this man named Senkin, Salem Senkin, and he goes, oh, well, let's go over and take it and show it to, I've got a buddy over at the medical school. And so we went over to the medical school and um, uh, showed this picture to a man called uh, Benjamin Bonavide. And Benjamin looked at it and says, well, what is this? And uh, I said, well, it's a bug. And he says, yeah, I know that's a bug, but what are these little things? And I said, well, those are, those are actual little water particles that have gone solid. And they've gone solid because, and I gave him the whole rundown of what made him go solid. And he said, well, wow, this is interesting. And he said, um, so the water stays sterile? I said, yeah. And uh, and he said, well, how did you make these particular ones? And I said, well, uh, you have to start with uh, some kind of a particle. You start with a, a single charge particle. like." And I said, for these, I, I used a platinum particle. And I said, and a couple other things to arrange around them, to hold them there, and, and there's a whole configuration that you have to do with it. numerous particles. But I said, mainly it should be like a platinum. Uh, I started with a platinum. And he goes, oh, platinum, interesting. He says, you know, uh, I've never had uh, uh, success with um, any uh, uh, agent that I'm told that come out of health food stores and all kinds of things. They're supposed to uh, stimulate T-cells. He says, but, you know, I, I tell you for sure, platinum will. But he says, platinum is really toxic. You don't need a lot of it in your body to, you say, 50 parts per million or something like that in a solution. He says, you're going to start getting liver problems. And so he said, we never use it, but, boy, it'll wake up T-cells. And I said, well, he says, how much platinum's in this? And I said, oh, hey, you could ever find any platinum in it because all the stuff you see is just made out of water. But the original, very first one that formed, forms because of the the charge around a platinum ion. And and I, so I said, um, you know, I don't know, maybe part per billion or part per trillion, but I said, you'll never find any. Uh, and, and he said, well, let's try some, try some uh, experiments. And so we did. We did like uh, 57 double-blind studies, uh, and we found without question this stuff woke up T-cells. I mean, wow. if the placebos would do nothing or maybe five responses, ten mm-hmm. responses, I think we had one placebo we never could figure out. They did like 100 responses. But mm-hmm. this would start in the thousands. It would go to 5,000, 7,000, 13,000. And a, a response was that a T-cell, which is like a sentinel in your body, a T-cell mm-hmm. says... He, he watches two guys walk in the door, and he goes, oh, that guy's a good guy. And he looks at the other guy and goes, oh, he's a bad guy, <laughs> and we need to we need to fix him. We're gonna, we need to kill the bad guy. And so it, now the bad guy, the bad guy, can I say something there? The bad yeah, guy absolutely. has got a cell, that, which is the other, the, cell, the other cell that's the bad guy, the cell that is the bad guy. It's got a problem. It's got some toxin. It's got a lot of problems that... Uh, the T the T cell is uh, noticing, and what you're saying that the possibility of this breakthrough may be able to communicate with the T cell with the bad cell, and 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 try to uh, create uh, provide a solvent to uh, the bad cell. 
Well, I could be. No, you I'm know, talking. What? I always, well, you I've been known for common sense as long as I can remember, David. That, you could put me in front of every scientific um, research center there is, and I can tell you a story about here in a minute. We'll get a little humor in Japan when I was at a multi-billion-dollar research center, but and something we all laughed about what you're talking about there, but something somebody was studying. I'll tell you in a minute. But anyway, um, when the T cell is noticing something with another cell, it, it, is it noticing that the cell it has a, 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 a complication? Yeah, or or it can be a. It will also detect a viral cell. Uh, it will uh, detect a parasite, a That's bacterium. There's a, many things yeah. that T cells can. They're kind of the alert centers of the body, you know. The there we go. go off that and... helps me, the audience, with the alertness of that. Because I've been, I've been so excited, David, about some of the latest things they're finding in the DNA, I, in in the cell, and I've been so excited about some of the common sense things, David. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, as complicated as this is, and as complex as it is, you're diving into what's there in the water. That's a common sense to me. I'm a common sense freak. And I think what happened to our lives from the beginning of time, we got away from, we wanted things to be more complicated, and we didn't go in and study the common sense of what will make life better. Right. I agree. And, and, you know, and I had a Nobel Prize winner on the show, and he won, he's from Switzerland, and he won it because he proved, and, and all it was really is he proved the water in the cell. Yeah. And well, uh, you know, and you're proving that in the water there are some uh, hidden discoveries that might be able to be uh, uh, achieved that could be workable for some common sense at saving uh, lives with some of these diseases that are out of control, David. Well, we got to be very, very careful. We're not just to, just as a disclaimer. Yen and I are. Oh no, I don't mean that. I, yeah, no, I don't. And, mean, and we're I mean not, we're not claiming we've cured anything or, or, or looking for a cure. Okay. And this is water. Exactly. We're talking. This is not a drug, not a curative agent. No, no. But I but tell you, what happened on that test was out in water, that T cells woke up. They woke yes. up. They secreted a solution, which are called yes. cytokines. These yes. cytokines basically are sort of templates for antibodies, and they go over and beat up the bad guy. If your T-cells are working, you won't get sick. If your T-cells are not working, you're going to get sick. Your immunity is, 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 is you have no defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right. you know, you've got to look at the fact that, that you know, our bodies uh, are at least a couple million years old, and but the, our DNA is probably 3.5 billion years old. Now, I always be careful with people. I say, look, I'm not talking about the spirituality of man. I'm just talking about the the protoplasm. The, the protoplasm is, is at least around 3 billion, 3.5 billion years old. And, you know, it's always been alive. It was never dead. It's been alive since it crawl out of the soup, whatever the soup was. It's never, it's always been alive because it's passed to the next generation alive. So we're all walking around with stuff in our in our systems, this stuff called DNA that's been alive since time began on, on planet Earth. And it has fought every battle, imaginable battle that you can imagine. There's nothing it hasn't seen, nothing it hasn't, and it's won every battle it's ever fought because everybody who didn't win died off everybody who won that dna went on so we have such remarkable little systems that are able to defend us and now 
the right question to ask is, why, why aren't they working? It's not like, oh, we can fix it. Let's, uh, let's give it a lot of uh, this and this and that and this and that. No, no, you got to understand the fundamentals. you got to understand what triggers these responses. And uh, so that's why this work is so important right now, and, God, and it really is. We're, we're, we're looking at a fundamental of a fundamental. Water is a fundamental. We're looking at a fundamental of a fundamental. We, we like to call this phase Genesis phase. Not to conjure up any religious things, but I'm talking about where uh, water first went into a solid particle somewhere back along that uh, time track way back. And when it did, it got a charge to it, and it got a very strong charge, and it wants to connect with another one, and another one, and another one. And this is how we think the first first uh formation of sort of of a uh, really of life matter it eventually at some point above that becomes a one cell uh you know organism and before that it becomes something else and but really it had to start just like you said very common sense you got to have something that goes solid and you got to have something that wants to combine with something well boy this does and when you see it grow in the lab you would swear it's biological but it's not it is a physical uh piece of matter it has no life form to it whatsoever I always like explain, Dave explain something at the audience could hear mm-hmm. uh i think you'll be able to do that uh, I have had on here uh, individuals who talked about how the atomic bomb was um, discovered to be effective way mm-hmm. back in time, and it had to be- began with a study of water um, and uh, the, the ability for water to do what it does, it, the power for electricity, uh, the water that is used for every day for uh, keeping this earth alive and the organism of earth alive. And like you said, um uh, it's a, the the cluster. I'll call it cluster. You will correct me. I'm sure the cluster of what has been made here that man could not make uh, that has been here from the common sense of Earth's beginning. Mm-hmm. I call that common sense because it was a power of something that began, and uh, we weren't there then, but the water was. Right, David. <laughs> right. Well. Right. You know, uh, and you know, we're we're us as intelligent life came along i don't know where that happened exactly but i know that i can you can follow you can take the genes out of my body out of you can take this dna and all of a sudden you'll see you know you'll see of course you'll see primates and you'll see monkeys but back before that you'll see horses and goats and you'll see insects and and frogs and you keep going back and there's there's every practically life form in me that to all evolutionary stages will go all the way back because we all evolve sort of from the same source. And, um, and water, we, we, we came from water. And our blood is still, my blood's probably about 90% water. My body's about 70% water. And it's this, and it's the understanding of the physical mechanism of water how it's made up and how it works and how it how it uh, uh, does all these functions in the body, which is really the 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 will be the understanding of of our uh, complete sort of like a 
like Buckminster Fuller used to call an operating manual for spaceship Earth, that we need an operating manual for a human body. That operating manual will come out of the thorough understanding of water. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> and thank that's you. That's really thank true. You, because, because, <laughs> you know, because, you know, I mean, you can, I know, you can have I, a car I, that's got 70 or 90% of one element and, and say, well, you don't need to know about that. You know, you I know, said you know, this, all you need to know is to press the gas and uh, shift the gears. Years but ago, no, David, no, you so. need to know what it's made out of. Well, we're made out of water, really. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, as much as we can advance in science, we can never, the water should be the, first, the advancement, and then everything else can follow. And one of the reasons I was studying when I was so far back, and I was trying to understand why did they leave the water behind when even Hippocrates and everybody knew the water was the most important part of everyday life to be healthy or not be healthy. Right. And of course, then I tacked the humidity water to go with it. But uh, I, I decided that. A lot of very few people could patent water, yeah, so they left difficult. the water behind because they went after <laughs> and, every um, bit of patenting they could patent. But it's, um, it's the right thing to study. It's the right it's thing the to study only because thing to every study mechanism in your body works with water. On to generation, yes. Yeah, it's not a mechanism in your in your system that doesn't work with water. Exactly. And, uh, you know, if we're so, if we've been so lucky to discover that there's inside that water, there's even a more intricate little uh, now, part another of it world. that another has world. something to do with, with uh, really we think like an immune trigger, or we think it's a we think it's a, a, a fundamental part of the body's arsenal, which is uh, the immune system, and so um, consequently we've um, really in the last five years we've. Uh, I was tell the story. The guy showed up at my door one day, and he he wanted to um, he wanted to have some of this water. He says, "Do you still have some of this water?" He'd read the paper, and I said, uh, uh-huh. "I said, well, what are you going to do with it?" And he goes, "Well, he says I've got a a, a close friend that's in hospice, and she's been home. She's, she's come home from the hospital. Her doctors are work, is working with us, and says there's just nothing they can do with it. They've just given up on the girl, and she had pancreatic cancer, and said, you know, she'll be she'll be dead in um, you know six weeks. And he says, why don't you just give her some water? <laughs> I said, why would I do that? I said, I don't know if this water would do anything for her, but consequently, you know, I hate to tell you this, but that girl, that girl, that's five years ago, you know, and um, uh, she lived five years longer. She lived five years longer. She's still alive. She's totally oh, cancer. Still alive. And, uh, oh, so you humored him and said, Why, what harm could it do? She needs to drink water. That's yeah, water. I mean, if you can't <laughs> analyze this, this stuff is water. Yeah. But um, so, uh, and they said, well, how much should I give her? I said, I don't know. Uh, I said, uh, you know, I said, just put 10, 15 drops into, uh, uh, well, I'll say put 20 drops into a gallon of distilled water. Have her drink two glasses of it a day and see what happens. Uh-huh. <laughs> and is that what she did? That's what she did. And, and, oh, you know, at that point, you know, and she uh, was off everything. They, yeah, they taken her off everything because they said she's gone. Her and but I'm telling you, she's not the only one now. I mean, I don't know how many. This has been five years now, and we just don't talk about it anymore because we're afraid to get shot. But the reality <laughs> is, um, well, everybody in the research field, at every huge corporation that I deal with in the world and part of out there, uh, they always get worried about that getting shot because there's no two people able to deal with the chemical formulations. And there's people who have allergic reactions who die. There's Mm -hmm. people, I can tell you stories, you can too, 
of, of people who were on med- one medication. There was a new medication out. They put them on the new medication, and the new medication, it was such a fantastic new one. Within a short period of time, they had passed away because of the medication. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's, and, but, uh, but, you know, now, this there is nothing in so, that. There are no chemicals. There is not a chemical yeah. in there. There is not a drug in this. There is absolutely nothing in this water. Yeah. except water. Matter of fact, this water is so pure. You, you, uh, if I go to like Walmart or somewhere and get a gallon of still water and take it over my lab and, and, uh, and analyze it, I'm 10,000 times cleaner. And it's pretty good. And I'm not saying Walmart, uh, the still water is no good. It's, it's really your standard. But I mean, there are a long ways from being pure. I, the purity of water is, is how much electricity it will, uh, carry. And, uh, I, uh, resistance to that electricity is called an ohm. And so my water has about uh, 18.2 million ohms of resistance. In other words, you could take a bath in this stuff and throw your hair dryer in there and you couldn't get hurt. Now, don't anybody do that because the salt will come off your body and, and you'll fry yourself. But, I mean, mm-hmm. theoretically, you, you, can't get wa- you can't get electricity to go through this water because it's that pure. Now, you so, said something I'm sure my audience are listening to, that one. You said that you could take a bath in that water. Mm-hmm. You could throw your hair dryer in that water, and it won't electrocute you. And, but uh, but the the uh, salt of your body, the saline of your body, it would make that water dirty instantly. It's going to put to put a uh, a, a, a contamination of salt into the water. That 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 would be what would be the electric. That the electricity would uh, would flow that way. Plus, by just exposing this water to the air, now, it I will drop dramatically. Like because the other thing is that our air that we that's around us has probably close to 400 parts per million of carbon dioxide in it, the stuff so we exhale. Your, your that uh, instantly on on ultra pure water turns to carbolic acid, which also will make it uh, uh, you know electric. So you can't don't do not do that. No one. David, David, but you would have to you know you have to go to my lab get the water anyway. But yeah. anyway, that's I the purity ask. of this water. This is not anything but water. This yeah, is David, water, 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 water. It just happens to be a new form of water. Yeah. It's actually a solid particle. If you look at this, if you go online, you can go to our, our I don't know if we have any pictures up there. There used to be some photographs. Uh, if you go to double helix water, now, uh, and it's double helix because it's just, uh, why we call it a double helix? Well, when we first took pictures of this water, it just looked like a sort of like a little BB type stuff, kind of like a little soccer ball. But then all of a sudden when we we were using Yen's model to make stronger and stronger solutions, all of a sudden, bang, what happens? Now the stuff looks like a double helix. All of a sudden it starts bonding with other water and becomes a double helix. And uh, that double helix now uh, uh, says to us, wow, uh, what are we stumbled into? I mean, are we look? Are you looking at a precursor to like a nucleic acid or, or an amino acid or, and and uh, you know, it's pretty obvious. If we, uh, if, David, we only have two minutes left, and right. I want to ask you a couple of questions here mm-hmm. real quickly, and then I'll let you close with your thoughts. What is the pH of that water? It's balanced. It's right at seven. Right at seven. Yeah, it's perfectly balanced water molecule. So it's not. It's, it doesn't go one way or the other. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay, now if if a person put its uh, put saline in the water to use 
as you know, many companies have a saline uh, for the eyes. What would that do if you use that water and put saline in it? Well, you know, I don't know because I haven't experimented in that. I mean, you you want to keep it in a – I mean, like if you want to try it, you, you, you need to get a good source of water. You get DI water or deionized water or you can get uh, – or you can get, uh, you know, I I tell people to go to Walmart and get some distilled water mm-hmm. and do just what that lady did, you know. And, okay, um, you have one more minute left, and I'll let you close mm-hmm. with what you believe uh, you think the audience has learned today. And there's one minute left. What they've learned today? Well, I don't know if they've learned that much. Well, we, but, we really listened well. But uh, basically there's a new phase of water. It's it's a solid form. It's a tiny, tiny little guy. You can't see it. It'll look just like normal water in water, but it's in there. I guarantee you. You can take pictures of it and you can look at it. Uh, we've had pretty remarkable, re- and then this is about the last five years, we've uh, let people, uh, you know, try it and take it because it's water. It's not going to hurt anybody. No. And we've had uh, pretty remarkable changes. So we think it's a precursor to... Uh, to possibly like an amino acid or nucleic acid. Okay. If you want to, if you want to find out more about it, the best thing to do is go to Double Helix Water. That's double, just like double, and then Helix is H-E-L-I-X, and then water. DoubleHelixWater.com, and there you can find links to it and uh, find papers. We've written a lot of papers, a lot of scientific papers, and also I've written a good book about it that tells the discovery about it. All right. Well, I want to thank you. And very quickly, I'll tell you, when I was in Japan at a multi-billion dollar research center, we were outside of the center doing something, too. And a scientist kept running out. We came running outside. He thought we were going to touch some little tubes that he had out there on a, in, in the sun. And he was just absolutely uh, couldn't believe it. we weren't even little. We were only looking at them. We weren't going to touch them. <laughs> and they were basking in the sun. These little tiny uh, tubes. But anyway, uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm excited with your research. I do believe there's mystery in the water that we will find, and you're you're doing it. So keep up the tenacity. And uh, and I don't care what anybody wants to say to you. You will find uh, there is more t- behind what you're doing than than uh, you're finding today. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of new results. Thanks, I want to thank Shannon. you for joining us. Tell everyone I said hello, and uh, thank you for all that you're doing. Hey, you bet. Thank you. Thank you, David. Okay. Have a nice day, and be well. All right. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. You. Well, I want to thank you for listening. I, I, as you could tell, I really was listening quietly to give David Gann a chance to really tell us a lot that there is so much hidden in the water that we've got to learn and in the humidity. Embrace your life because if you do, you're going to be, find a value to somebody else's life. But Earth is whispering, and I say this at the end of every show, Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye because you'll be doing like all of our guests. You'll be studying. You'll be giving your life back as, a, as a, a something that is paying it forward. Because if you're healthy and you're doing well and you're giving back, you'll always be here. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I want to thank all everybody who's made this show possible. You be well.
thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 